Files on Double J. They're one of our most requested bands ever. They've got a cult following like no other. Their fans are definitely the most loyal and the most obsessed. Intense, enigmatic, uncompromising and technically brilliant, there really is no other band quite like Tool. I'm Gemma Pike. Thanks for joining me on The J Files. We've been talking about a new Tool album for a very long time. They told Rosie Beaton about it in 2011. The big question on everyone's lips is, when's the new album? Obviously, it's going to be out later in the year. And you, do you just go into like massive jam sessions and Maynard goes, all right, boys, you're in here. You're locked in this room for four hours. Let's play. Yeah, this one's going to be called 50,000 Days. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> then they told Zan Rowe about it in 2013. It's been the longest break so far between records for you guys. And I know that you like to take your time with making records. Uh, has it we been... don't like to take our time. Just, <laughs> it's just taking more time than it's ever taken before. Is there any reason um, for that? I have no idea. You know, like you could you could uh, explain it away in many different ways, but fact is, we're 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 going for it. We're trying to do it. The years went on and on. Rumors swirled and whispers rippled, but still, nothing. And then, just a week ago, after a 13-year wait, it finally arrived the LA band's fifth studio album, Fear Inoculum. Now that we've had a week to digest the release, I wanted to take a step back and look at the big picture with some of the stories behind this enigmatic band. Danny Carey will reveal what Maynard did to get his attention in the very early days before Tool formed. And Richard Kingsmill recounts the story of that time he interviewed Maynard. And Kingsmill reckons it's still one of the most bizarre experiences he's ever had. But one of the standout things about this band is the fans. Hi, my name's Rachel. I'm from Hobart. I first discovered Tool late one night watching Rage saw their film clip for Sober and was absolutely blown away. It was like nothing I'd ever seen or heard before. Hi, this is Adam from Proserpine in North Queensland. I discovered Tool probably 1994-ish. Back then in North Queensland, we we didn't have Triple J or, or anything to really find new music, so Rage was, was kind of it for us. So we'd call the Rage hotline and get the pre-recorded message about well, what songs were playing, what was what was being programmed and who was guest programming. And one particular night, it was Rob Flynn from Machine Head. So we set the timers on our VCRs. We all sat down together to watch it uh, a couple of days later or possibly even the next day. And I was taken by Tool. I saw the sober film clip and, and uh, I remember it vividly. The passion in Maynard's voice First of all, when he, he when they go into that first chorus and and he you know, drops an f bomb and and um, the visuals of that film clip as well was they were kind of ahead of their time with with their visuals. So the whole package was really quite captivating. I found and just Maynard's voice sort of made the hairs still makes the hairs on the back of my neck stand up. That was me. I was done. I was captivated and have been ever since. The Double J Facebook page has been swamped with stories of fans who have travelled to every corner of the globe to see Tool play live. 
fans who have covered their bodies in tool-inspired tattoos. One bloke who even forked out a grant to have his old tool band shirts refashioned into a quilt. Metaphorically speaking, he sleeps with tool every day. So what is it about the band that evokes such passion, loyalty and obsession? I'll let you explain. They just encapsulate all of the emotions. When I'm happy, I listen to them. When I'm elated, I listen to them. But when I'm angry, I listen to them. Hi, this is Natasha. I'm from Adelaide. I got to see Tool for the first time in 95 when I went by myself on a bus to Melbourne. Got to see them do the Undertow tour and I've seen them seven times since. The beat when you're in that crowd and you can feel it in your chest just pounding is just amazing. Hi, my name is Adam from Perth. First time I saw them live was actually on the Anima tour, which I think they came late 96 or it might have been 97. Either way, I was underage, so I managed to sneak into the the venue uh, with my ticket, trying to look as 18 as possible. It's an absolutely amazing experience, and uh, yeah, so I've made a point of catching them every time I can since. Hi, my name's Rachel, I'm from Hobart. As soon as they first started playing, my chin hit the floor. I'd never seen a gig like it. It was just so immersive, and the musicianship was just insane. I was in awe the whole time. It was nothing I'd ever experienced before, and I've been obsessed with them ever since. And what are your thoughts on the new album? Oh, I've been on a high since 6 o'clock last Friday. Look, I think the word epic gets thrown around too much, but this this is truly fitting of this album. It is unbelievable. Like every other Tool fan, it's been such a long way, and to have your expectations blown out of the water, it's been amazing. Because Tool fans are really something else, we went on the hunt for Australia's biggest Tool fan and we reckon we might have found someone who fits that bill. Grant from Melbourne listens to Tool every day. He's seen them play live countless times here and overseas. He's visited Maynard's Winery and spent thousands on one-of-a-kind merch, including the boots Maynard wore on the Arnhema tour. A fair chunk of the lounge room is dedicated to Tool with signed posters and albums displayed in a sort of shrine to his favourite band. Grant's a Tool fan through and through and you can read all about it at doublej.net.au. That super awkward interview with Maynard is still to come. But before we get to that, how did Tool get together? 
well, it was kind of by chance. Drummer Danny Carey spoke to Costa Zulio on Triple J's Three Hour of Power back in 1997. Joining us on the Three Hours of Power is Danny Carey, the drummer from Tool. Is it true that you first heard uh, Maynard yelling at the neighbours and thought he'd make a good singer? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he would yell. At, I mean, he just moved in next door, so and he would yell at everybody. I mean, it wasn't like he was the, the dirty old guy that would steal the kids' baseballs or something like that, but, you know, it was more in fun. I heard his voice from a distance and mm. thought he might have something. So how did you approach him? How did you get like together? Well, we kind of approached each other. I mean, I, I just told him he ought to be a singer, and I think that helped give him some encouragement, I suppose. But uh, he had already met Adam through Tom, the, the guitar player in Rage Against the Machine or whatever. They were kind of mutual friends, and they had wanted to put something together and asked me if I wanted to do it, you know. And at that time, I was already playing about four different projects, so I I was like, ah, I don't really want to do this at this point, you know, but uh, you guys can use my space. So they would book a couple of rehearsal times, and the drummers, they kept, like, asking to come over would flake out on them, mm-hmm. you know, and I kind of felt sorry for them, so I thought I'd play with them, you know. And as soon as I did, I mean, it was obvious there was a good energy there, and it grabbed me. I think the thing that stands out about uh, most Tool records is that you guys can be um, quite brutal and yet there's a lot of melody around the songs as well. Yeah, well, I mean, we just try not to limit ourselves in, in any way, like emotionally, and that's what we try to keep in the forefront as we're composing, I guess, is uh, making the songs the best emotional vehicles as possible so we can get something out of it. and I think the aim is just to eliminate as much of the ego in the the band as possible, you know, where, I I don't know, we'd rather just create a whole experience rather than have the shows come off like four people, you know, that are doing this. And if you downplay that part of as much as possible, I think it just gives more room for the art to show through that you create. At times the song seems to revolve around your playing rather than the drums just being part of, you know, the guitar and bass sort of thing. It, it really, to me, in quite a few of the songs, you're almost playing melody line. Yeah, um, I think that's the, in the writing process the reason that happens. I mean, some, some of the tunes do start with drum beats, you know, and some of them start with guitar riffs, some of them start with bass riffs, some of them start with a little vocal melody that Maynard might have, you know, that... I think because we're real open-minded with each other like that, maybe that gives some of our writing a little more variety, too. I mean, I, I think it's good that they start in different places because that'll always lead to a different place, you know, mm-hmm. sonically. And there's always lots of good experimenting going on. And then you turn it into a Tool song. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's, there's no substitute just for the energy of all four of us being together, you know. Also in 97 was an interview Richard Kingsmill counts as one of the weirdest he's ever done. I don't mind, I don't 
interesting experience in that um, Arnhem had just come out. Fantastic record. Still one of my favourites. They were touring the country. I wanted to do a favourite tracks type segment. The record company said he'll only do it if you come to lunch with him. <sighs> okay. The record company person, me and Maynard, the three of us, at a table Maynard for an hour and a half sat there at lunch and did not talk to me. I engaged him with about five, six questions at the beginning. He did not actually open his mouth. He kind of nodded, shrugged his shoulders, tilted his head. So then I made small talk with the record company person, but after about 20 minutes of that, we'd run out of things to say. We seriously sat there for 45 minutes to an hour, not one of us actually talking. You know, he ordered everything off the menu too. It was just like, I really can't. You just cut to the chase, have a cup of coffee and let's get out of here. It was seriously so yeah. uncomfortable. I sat there and I went, this is going to be such a waste of time. He's not going to talk to me. And then finally words came out of his mouth after he had his cup of coffee and he said, okay, let's go. Maynard from Tool joins us right now on the J Files. Nice to meet you, Maynard. Have you been enjoying your stay here in Australia so far? Yeah. Who wouldn't? Who, who wouldn't? Certainly. Okay. Very different, do you think? Do you think Australia is very different from the, from the States? No, not that much, really. Terrain's about... Same as the Southwest, and kids are all buying the same stuff, so they all pretty much are into the same things. What about the people? A little different accent. People are people. Do you like travelling around much? Um, depends. He was testing me. But Maynard's very good at tr- trying to create that mystique around who he is. You know, he doesn't want to be that very sort of public, upfront face of Tool because it's a band, it's a democracy and all that sort of stuff. So he's kind of clever in that regard. And he talked about, you know, Peter Gabriel and he talked about Swans and he talked about all this wonderful music. Peter Gabriel's Passion album, which is the soundtrack to The Last Temptation of Christ. And uh, it's... There you go. Just buy it and listen to it. You'll, You'll understand. Peter Gabriel is where he's got a lot of his ideas. When he did that tour with Arnima, the Arnima record, he painted himself completely in blue. So he was almost naked on stage, performing like a bald blue man. (laughs) Okay, Maynard, thanks for your time. That was great. And enjoy the rest of your stay in Australia. Thank you. But it was just a very funny experience. All right, that's it from me. For more stories like this, have a look back through the J-Files episodes and make sure you hit subscribe for fresh apps every week. I'm Gemma Pike. I'll catch you next time. The J-Files. <laughs>